welcome to the Daryl and Boomer Show. Let's pounce. Let's pounce. Let's pounce. What up, everybody? Welcome to the Daryl and Boober Show. I am Ricky Boober Hayes. What's going on, everybody? I'm Daryl Scott McCarg. And we got the third seat popping today with one of our, actually, the most times ever anybody's ever been on the podcast. Yeah. I think this is the third. That is correct. And this is? This is Holly Whitmore Crony. No cool nickname in the middle, I guess. But maybe if the fourth time I'll come up with well, something. I'm disappointed, Holly. You, <laughs> you, you had a bunch of Penny Pester. Oh, Penny Pester, Leadfoot, Penny Pokey. You know. You remember just, what I looked I'm like. I'm just glad to have somebody here live. Um, yeah, usually it's over the phone. And the last time you were on was over the phone. So I'm happy to hear you. Well, I guess she came here well, yeah, I wasn't gone. we well, got another gone. one dropping soon. Just mm-hmm. Scotty had an event, so mm-hmm. me and Holly laid it down. She brought that Burberry booze bag in the crib. Shout out. That's going to be a hashtag. <laughs> Shout out, Burberry booze bag. Yeah. At least, I roll. At least she brought more than three items in it <laughs> this time. But That's you know, awesome. You know. All right, well, we're going to get right into our, what, our shout outs? Well, you know, uh, I mean, you is know it, how you know how we time? get down. So uh, let let's let's go ahead and see. You know what time it is? It's time for shout outs. Who we got? Well, we got. L- let's shout out Dave the Caveman Rickles. That was awesome. Thank you for coming on, man. Um, and that was uh, our previous episode. Um, and if you're listening to it now. I guess we can just go ahead and say he... I he, guess we can say that the results. He won by decision in his bare-knuckle boxing Congratulations, fight, man. So That's awesome. He fought a Let Me Bang, Lang, Lang Julian Lane, and no, so he represented cool. for Wichita. So big shout-out to the caveman. Congrats. Yep, thank you for coming on again. That was really cool. Really appreciate it. So, all right. Holly, you got some shout-outs? I do. So, first of all, shout out to the wifey, Jana Hayes, for keeping it da- uh, holding it down in the bathroom with the Vampire Blood Bath and Body Works <laughs> soap. She's got my favorite soap of the season right now. So, shout out, Jana Hayes. Uh, and shout out to the family. My son just had his birthday. So, I got well, happy birthday. Somehow, I have a 10 year old child. Wow. <laughs> I'm old as dirt. So, shout out, Lincoln. Awesome. Aren't we all? That's Scott, awesome. what do you got? Um, I'm just going to shout out. The GOAT, Petty. Justin Petty. Justin Petty. Always shout out yep. Justin Petty. The I one for, and only, the Don Mecca. I, I, I think we forgot him one time last week, and or maybe a couple pods ago, and, you know, he felt it. Okay, so well, Petty, shout well, out. I mean, I get it, Justin. <laughs> I get it. But, man, you had your 15 minutes of fame, brother. It's time We're for a new the one. Torch. We're it's, passing it. It's time for the one and only zipper Shout lifting, out. You know? Shout out. Shout Zipper out lip. Zipper. Yep, thank you for doing so, what you do, brother. Hashtag that. And but, should we also shout out the one tonight? I yeah. Mean, I mean, I don't know, Rick. How yeah. are we going to do this? You know, like, w- when you have a guest on, sometimes you want to hold off and, you but, know, do but, all that. But, but this one's special, right? Yeah. Very special. I think very. Very, I think everyone, no matter how old you are, can probably relate to this one. Yeah. But let's just... Let's just get into it. Holly, you announce it. Yeah. Okay. What? I get the yeah. honor. All right. You're the you're the guest tonight here in the studio, oh my but gosh. you announce the guest, man. Can I uh give a hint and use my radio voice? Whatever you want. Oh. All right. 
Ladies and gentlemen. Hold on, that sounds pretty sexy. You need to calm down a little <laughs> oh, bit. Oh, let me dial it in. Okay. Should I drop in an octave? <laughs> okay. All right. We got a real special guest tonight. I'm super honored. Thank you, Ricky and Scott, for letting me come in and be a part of it. I was kind of a fangirling over this one, so I appreciate the thoughtfulness. Um, Greg the Hitman Williams. Crazy, man. Why gold? <laughs> Yes. Crazy, man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Ricky I, doing his magic on the back dang, end. Dang, dude. Man, uh, like, I've, me, and, me and Greg's interacted a, a few times in my life, you know? Like, I mean, I don't know him that well, but, uh, you know, I just sent it out to him, and he was gracious enough to come on, you know, give us some time. And, man, we kept him way longer than uh, initially thought, so... He's a cool cat, though. Yeah, I was just super humble. His, you know, hearing his upbringing and everything that you're gonna hear shortly after after we get done rambling um, was just amazing to hear. So a big shout out to him, and uh, appreciate everything you've done for the city of Wichita and what you've done for our, ch- our childhood and big everything. Time that, yeah, big time that just for the city of Wichita. I, I don't think you can uh, have grown up in Wichita and not even know what the hitman is you know what i mean i mean there's no way yeah regardless so yeah thank you for everything that you've done for uh for wichita big time yeah big shout out to you greg so all right well well well, i i guess let's just go down the octave you know we got we got the white rock shout out right white rock white rock we got sarah chad sarah cowboy hat chad jesse damara darius darian Your whole family. I mean, my, my whole family. Grandma, Grandma Terry. Showing that support. Right. I just need to loop it up. It's a whole family. <laughs> Carla, might boys. Well hit, might as well hit Holly's family. Jesse, I mean, Tony. Gosh, everybody. Jesse, Tony, Mama, Dad. <laughs> Monica, my mom <laughs> loves you guys. Dave. Brandon, Shout Dave. Dave. Shout out yeah. my whole family. Scott, Michael, Tony, Ricky. Everybody. Oh, hold on. I'm Ricky. What? <laughs> everybody. What just happened? Everybody. Wait, I got to pause. Lisa. Shout out Mrs. Scott. My mom chatted with uh, her the other day about y'all, so cool lady. shout it out. Great lady. Ho- Holly, that's probably... She is the GOAT. Probably the next time you'll come in is when Miss Scott's on this podcast, because it's going to happen at some Whoa. point. Whoa. That'd be cool. Whoa. That would be... I mean, we're going to have to probably, you know... Scale it back a little yes, bit. Yeah. But Watch it's, that language. We might just bring her in, you know? That's royalty in my book. Oh, no, she's... No a, lie. She is the GOAT teacher of all time. No doubt. She is. That's awesome. But now, guys, you guys have a... You guys have a, something special tonight for you. Uh, hang oh, on tight. Yes, awesome. So we'll, we'll keep it short because the interview was uh, was long and great. So it was awesome. I guess um, let's just dive into news. We had a lot. Uh, I don't know about a lot, but we've had some news that happened. Um, Brian Landry. Landry, um, which, uh, I mean, I'm sure people know, but, you know, that Gabby, which was his girlfriend or was it fiance or whatnot? Mm-hmm. I think yep. it's your fian- fiance. Yeah, they they found her or whatever, and so they've been on the hunt for him for I don't know three weeks or a month or so. But uh, they found articles of I think was it a notebook and a backpack or something that mm-hmm. showed evidence of of it being him, and then they found uh, was it dental or teeth? They found a femur. That's what I heard. And then they found well, the, it was something about the dental teeth, records. That, yeah, that's, that's how, how they, they identified. Yeah, that's how they kind of, you know, yeah. got it all going. So I, I have to add, a strange case, right? Oh, wow. I mean, how, how they found Those them parents, and things, that's I don't goofy. Know. I got the that's side goofy. eye. 
<laughs> yeah, something's weird about that whole deal. But, mm-hmm. you know, at, at least it's a, a little bit of closure. But, you know, is it, though? You know, because you kind of want to know what really happened. And who knows? Maybe in that notebook, it's it kind of tells more. So I think right. in, the, in the coming week or so, they're, you're going to find out more about that. I hope so. I hope her family gets some closure, that's for sure. Yeah, it's just it's just all around terrible deal. deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess the other one was um the Alec Baldwin. Yeah, it's just more tragic yeah. stuff, man. Uh, gun went off that was a, a prop gun. Yeah, and I saw a deal today that it was a fully loaded, like it's like how but How, with blanks or no? Like, uh, that's I mean I don't I've never been in the movie industry or anything you know wow. so, but it's just I I think more of that's gonna come out you know I mean, but it, and that's tragic you know the the actual director right yeah yeah I think, I think it was the, cinematography the, or something yeah they were so, a big role you know in a, it. a young lady lost her life you Awful. know over R.I.P. And I think somebody else. So it was like there was two people, right? I think one's in critical. Yeah, I don't know if he's passed. one lived. I hope not. Yeah. I hope he doesn't. But, but that I mean, that's just all around awful. Heartbreaking stuff, man. I was reading that when they handed the gun over, they yelled out, as I guess they do on movie sets, "cold gun," which means that the gun isn't loaded. And so he was, you know, under the impression that, you know, the gun wasn't loaded, and he's a been an actor for an awful long time, so it wasn't his first rodeo, I'm sure, yeah. handling a weapon during a movie set. So I'm sure that's something that, that that does happen. So he was just under the impression that he was doing something that he normally does. You know, the only one other one I can think of is, like, the Crow movie. You yeah, know, that's, it, that's, that's when that happened. I'm I sure it's remember. happened other times, but yeah. that's the that most, like, prevalent out. one, you know? Yeah, bad deal, man. Well, I mean, guys, I think that's... We'll keep it nice and short because we got to... We got a a big guest, you know. Right. Okay. So let's just let's just go ahead and kick it off and um, get to our guest. What do you guys think? I agree. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Here you guys. Here you guys go. Scott, I don't I don't know if uh, if people are ready for this next guest that we have coming on. Man, two weeks in a row. Two weeks. Rick has done did it again, and he has got a special guest for everybody tonight. We also have live in the studio. Oh. Holly Whitmore. Holly Whitmore. Hey, y'all. Glad to bring a, uh, you brought me along for this one. I've been a lifelong super fan of your special guest, so super stoked. So. Well, I, I guess with uh, without further ado, the one and only local legend, Greg the Hitman Williams. What's going on, Greg? Wow. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Fantastic. We're awesome. How are you doing this evening? <laughs> I, you know, I'm doing good. I'm sitting on my deck. I got, uh, I'm looking up at the sky. There's no rain. I see the stars. It's beautiful. Uh, I'm smoking a cigar. I'm, I'm sipping on uh, uh, some some bourbon. I, I'm a connoisseur of uh, nice bourbons, and I'm talking to you guys. So I don't think there's too many people in Wichita having as much fun as I'm having right now. That's awesome, man. W- what kind of cigar are you uh, smoking on? Well, I'm a, a huge fan of Arturo Fuentes. Uh, but I've got a, a humidor uh, downstairs that holds about 400 sticks. And, nice. Uh, Big ball. I don't even I, – I think this one's a, a hand-rolled one that a buddy of mine sent to me from uh, New York a couple of weeks ago. He knows I'm a cigar fan, so 
he'll he'll pop two or three in the mail to me and send them off to me. So that's, cool. that's always good. Living okay. the life, it sounds like to me. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Basically, just just describe living everyone's best life is what that sounds like. Exactly. Goals. <laughs> Can I come hang out on your deck sometime? That's right. what I want to know. Absolutely. My my wife will tell you we built this deck to entertain uh, at our home and. Uh, yeah, and my uh, annual Hitman birthday bash is coming up uh, next month for my birthday. So oh, cool. uh, that's all. That's always a, a gotta go type of event. So it's a absolutely. Lot of fun. Well, happy early birthday! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I'll tell you, it is so amazing, honestly. Just real quick to hear your voice through this kind of a thing. I'm so used to hearing your voice through a radio. You know what I mean? Through my speakers in my car. This is cool to have it. <laughs> you know, some some headphones on and hear you this way. This is cool. You have such a such a cool voice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I guess how we'll start this. Give, I want you to give the people a little background. I mean, from your childhood or how you got started in the industry and kind of to the present. Well, you know, it's a long story, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you an abbreviated version. Um, I guess I was always a bit animated my entire life. Uh, uh, in fact, I, I ran into somebody the other day at the Dillon's who remembered when I was a kid and I used to do impersonations. I started out, uh, a lot of people, uh, I guess some of the older people in the audience will remember years ago, uh, the Wichita uh, Parks and Recreation Department had a thing called uh, the Show Wagon. And uh, they would go around to a different recreation centers and they'd have these talent shows. And I would do impersonations and uh, I guess at uh, eight, nine, ten, uh, doing impersonations, and and really kind of did that early. Knew I always wanted to be on the radio from the age of twelve. I grew up in a very musical family. Uh, I'm the youngest of five, and all of my brothers and my sister uh, were could sing, dance, uh, play instruments. And uh, I'm embarrassed to concede that I can do none of those, especially dance. Uh, and so I had a lot of peer pressure to be musical as a child. And um, so my brother, uh, uh, my brother Eric, he's still with us, thank God. He uh, bought me the Stevie Wonder album, Inner Visions. That was the first record I ever got. And uh, I, I tell you, I listened to that thing forwards and backwards. And my mother bought me a... I uh, tell my age a little bit, uh, a Sony AM transistor radio. Back then, of course, AM was all we had, right? So uh, with the one ear, with the one earplug and everything. And, and I would sit in my bed at night, like 3 o'clock in the morning when I should be asleep, and I would, I would slowly go up and down the dial and tune in radio stations from Chicago and Oklahoma City and Tulsa and, of course, uh, Wichita. And I was a kid that would get on the phone and call the DJs late at night and request songs. And um, Sir, you, you have know, no idea uh, how many times we've all did that for you, okay? You have no idea, okay? Okay. Right so keep it, keep on going. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. But, yes, you have no idea. Keep going. Yep. Keep going. But, but I, you know, I, I knew I wanted to get into broadcast. And um, in fact, I was a sophomore at East High School. We started a high school radio station, uh, WESR, Wichita East Student Radio. And 
the first job I ever got, a uh, paying job, I started out as an amateur at the age of 14, but my first paying job was at the age of 17 uh, at KLEO. In fact, Bob McKay, who's now in the Country Radio Hall of Fame, is the first guy that ever hired me. And uh, not knowing radio like I know it now, I showed up for my first interview in a suit and a tie, and they all laughed. Like, look at this kid, he's in a suit and a tie. <laughs> and uh, and Bob McKay looked me in the eye, he told me, kid, you suck, you'll never make it in radio, get out now. And of course it crushed me, uh, but uh, a lot of people may remember back then, Wichita had a morning eagle and an evening beacon. So the Wichita Eagle and Beacon. So the evening beacon newspaper was really targeted toward the, a young audience, uh, really teenagers and, and things like that. And uh, I was uh, my senior year in high school and, I, and there was a, it wasn't much of an article, quite frankly. There was a huge picture of me DJing on the front lawn of East High School with all these kids around. And uh, the very next day, Bob McKay called me back and said, uh, uh, kid, I want to hire you. And, and he'd always talk like this. You know, he talked real short like this. Rick, pop my dick. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I still have a copy of my very first contract uh, working Thursday through Sunday from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. making $2.10 an hour. Wow. And, uh, Holy smokes. <laughs> that, that, that was kind of the catalyst. And I, uh, I worked at KLEO and then... Uh, like I say, Bob McKay, that that man, God rest his soul, did more, that man single-handedly did more for my career really than any other person uh, in, in my whole career. Uh, because you got to understand uh, the radio back then, and in a lot of ways even now, uh, was very much uh, uh, segregated. Uh, and, and I hate to put it that way, but it's it's a reality and a fact. And uh, if you were black. Uh, people were like, you need to get in the urban radio. Well, being the nerd that I am, I did all this research and I realized that if you're going to make a living in radio, you need to be in top 40 radio. So I really wanted to do top 40 radio. So uh, being an African-American, uh, and I've, I've, I speak the way I speak my, my entire life because uh, when I was a kid, I thought I could fly and I jumped off the top of the flight of stairs and made one fundamental mistake. I didn't put my hands out in front of me and I knocked out my two front teeth. So my entire childhood, I had a bit of a challenge with S and TH sounds. So I talked like this and uh, my mother being the school teacher that she was actually had me in speech therapy. And in fact, I was in speech therapy my whole life, uh, all the way through my years in college. You and me both, and, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I went to the Institute of Locopedics, and it was just pounded in my head to enunciate and 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 how to speak, and uh, and and I kind of evolved uh, the way I speak now is the way I've, uh, I've spoken my entire life, and so. Uh, but anyway, back to Bob McKay. Uh, he came into the radio station at three o'clock on a Sunday morning. I was on the air, and I was a little surprised to see him. And he says, uh, "Kid." And he always called me kid. He said, uh, they're going to make an announcement tomorrow and tell you that I'm going on vacation, but actually I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. And uh, anyway, Bob McKay went on his journey and his career uh, and actually uh, started uh, in country radio. And I went on my career. But the one thing that he did before he left, he said, I'm going to make you full time. 
before I leave. And he put out a memo, put me on uh, six days a week. I mean, that was huge. And um, that kind of was the snowball that started everything. And then after that, I, I worked at KEYN in the early 80s for a couple of years when it was the number one station in the market. We had an 18 share. Uh, which in ratings-wise means nearly 20% of the available radio listening audience in Wichita was listening to KEYN. Some people may remember a legendary promotion we did called the Douglas Street Mysteries. And there was this detective named Douglas Street, Detective Douglas Street of the Wichita Police Department. And he gave out all these clues, and people had to follow the clues and find the prize and win money. Uh, that sounds I'm awesome. Not, I've I never know. heard of that. <laughs> We're lifelong Wichita's yeah. and we don't know this? My that sounds w- fantastic. My wife would love that. She, she loves those murder mysteries. <laughs> we vote stuff. to bring this back. Is that patented or anything? I mean, <laughs> you know, I thought about doing Dude. it. It was legal now. It's like, oh, no, you can't do that. People will tear up stuff looking for stuff. Oh. Like, okay, it's, it's kind of like the medallion hunt a little bit, right? But it right. sounds a lot cooler, man. It's awesome. Well, it really is, and and I really think that's kind of either we stole it from from them, or they stole it from us. I'll I'll uh, defer to the latter, and <laughs> they stole it from us. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, and then it was Bob McKay, uh, uh, Ron Eric Taylor was the program director at KEYN at the time. A lot of people may remember Ron Eric Taylor from his time at KICT 95. That was really where he made his mark. He also did a great job as a program director at KEYN. Uh, but I remember I went into Ron, I said, because uh, I was doing overnight. Uh, a lot of people may remember the lineup we had at Tim Peters in mornings. Uh, we had uh, Jay Walker that did nights, Terry Springs. Uh, and, of course, I did overnights from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. And I went into Ron and said, hey, I, I, I want to do more. I, I want to get off overnights. And basically, he told me in a very nice way, I'm sure he thought at the time, uh, that I was doing all that I would ever do at KEYN. It really pissed me off, quite frankly. <laughs> and uh, uh, then it was Bob McKay who called me. And, and, you know, as luck would have it, it was the very next day. So I was still pissed off. <laughs> and uh, he, he called me, he said, uh, Hit, I got a job. You want to come to San Diego? I said, Whoa. And it was the first and only time in my life I took a job sight unseen. And uh, my mother never let me forget that I walked away from full-ride scholarships at Wichita State uh, to take a job playing country music in San Diego. But it was a different time for country music. Uh, I think country music is popular again now, and and quite frankly, it always has been. Uh, But this was during the urban cowboy uh, craze, and so country music was not only hot, but it was fashionable. And uh, I went to San Diego and played country music for a couple of years. And, uh, that's awesome. And Jack, I never knew that. You, you, I, I you never thought, knew that. I didn't see. See, you learn something new every day. Can I just pause for a second and say how impressed I am with your memory? I mean, dang, those are some serious well, gosh, details. I don't have Listen to that recall, man. Well, well, Gre- well, Greg, I can't remember what I did today. I know. I'm sitting here going, what is so. that? That's incredible, incredible memory and cool to hear about. Well, what well, when it's your life, uh, you you tend to think and look back on things. I look back where I'm at now in my career and all the, the moments. Really, I was just blessed. I really, and I believe in a higher power, but I just really believe that 
uh, I was blessed and fortunate along the way. And there were a lot of people along the way that helped make my career what it is today. Uh, but it, it was also that experience in San Diego that taught me, you know what? It's the same equipment. It's the same music, same song. It's just a bigger city. Right, absolutely. You can hear, you can hear the wind on my deck. Yeah, um, I thought and, a tornado uh, just came through. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Welcome to Kansas. We know all about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it was um, uh, and, uh, Jack Oliver called me and said, hey, look, because uh, a lot of people may not remember before KKRD became KKRD. I, I do know big, KKRD. That one does ring well, a bell. I know well, that one very people, well, yeah. it, it was a beautiful music station, KKRD, and like elevator music, like all, you know. <laughs> and uh, he, he called me, he said, uh, Greg, we're, we're going to change the format. Uh, we're going to become a top 40 station. Uh coming back home, being on the air staff. And of course, at that time, I was a kid from Wichita, went to the big market of San Diego and made it big. And uh, uh, I said, look, I want to get into programming. I want to be a program director. And you got to remember, an African-American programming at a top 40 radio station was like, what? You're insane! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, he said, look, I, I don't have the slot available but if you just trust me he says I, 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 I'll put you in an overnight but I promise I'll move you up making music director and uh, Jack Oliver who uh, is now program director at KYN ironically the station we beat uh, now uh, is the one guy my entire career that never ever lied to me always told me the truth and I think that's why so many people love that guy because he's just always been an honest guy and he did a lot to catapult my career and taught me a lot about radio and programming and how to be a manager. And so I took his word for it and I came back. You know, people don't do business like that anymore. You know, nowadays it's contracts, it's terms, it's limitations, it's sale. And uh, I came back, took a job and moved back home with my mother, which didn't last long. <laughs> Once you once you live on your own, you never want to go back home, right? Absolutely and, uh, not. So started at uh, KKRD in October of 1983, and really the rest is history. Spent uh, 16 years there. And, uh, was actually a lot of people don't realize I actually put Power 93.5 now, but uh, originally Power 93.9. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say too. I actually put that station on the air in the summer of 1995. Wow. And uh, see, and, and that's a crazy story in and of itself. Let's get to uh, maybe let's yeah, let's, let's yeah, get let's, to that maybe. It, but what I'll say is, we're all about thirty-seven, thirty-eight years old. So like that ninety-five, you know, that was right. In that's our when wheelhouse. You that's know, when like we early nineties. That's when our redial button about broke on all of our phones, <laughs> trying to get that nine at nine. <laughs> <laughs> was it the nine at nine or was it the eight at? It was. I think it was the seven at seven. But we gotta ask so, Hitman. No. We all have he's, separate he's ones. Got, he's got the memory, y'all. On KKRD, I swear to you, you knew me by name and voice because I'd win every night. But we don't know what time it was at. We know you well, know. It was, 
It was a nine. At, it was a nine at nine, and go. then it was followed. It was followed with the good night line at ten. Oh, that was and, huge, uh, my friend. That's where Shout you, out those yeah. boyfriends that, and girlfriends. That's when you call your little shorty and tell her you love her. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, good stuff. I do remember and, and, and that. My, and my wife, who's uh, ten years younger than I, uh, she said, "I used to call the good night line." And, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That was a that was a huge deal, it man. Really was. And if somebody got on there and said your name, oh man. You were a superstar. You were yeah. a superstar. Yeah. For real. Feeling super fly in those Truesdale hallways the next day. <laughs> like, yep. uh, Truesdale. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's what we are. True, yeah. Truesdale in South High Titans and in see, the house. I remember oh, you yeah. doing our school dances in like 96, yeah. 97. I remember them setting up in the green gym and you'd, you'd come in and you would DJ our dances. Well, but I, I do some uh, homecomings and different things for my brother, Scott. Scott Hayes. Shout out, Scott Hayes. Oh, yeah. I know Scott. He used to have a record store, right? Yes, yeah, sir. Purple, Purple yeah. Hayes. There's that memory yeah. coming through. Yeah. God, you are on it. <laughs> it's like a walking dictionary. <laughs> but, Who needs Wikipedia? <laughs> but what I remember is, like, like I do homecomings and stuff for him nowadays, and it's all, like, fast dance music, you know, very little slow songs. But when we were that age, it was a lot of slow songs and a couple upbeat mm. fast songs. It's crazy how it well, changes. Yeah. Well, and I used to do a, a, a four-two rotation, and uh, and I would uh, whenever I thought anybody to do because I did mobile uh, mobile DJing for twenty-five years. Yeah, and you know, and and, and I got to tell you, doing mobile DJing, uh, it, it gives you an ear on on how to listen to music and, and, and how you envision songs and music and whatnot. Uh, because I think one of the greatest challenges as a mobile DJ is to entertain an audience and do it in real time and see how the audience reacts. And uh, so 25 years of weddings and high school dances and middle school dances, uh, those experiences were invaluable to me. But I was always a music nerd too. I was always the guy at Sound Warehouse who went in every time I got paid, who listened uh, to the album, to the guy behind the counter. Remember how the guy used to sit up high behind the counter and look down on you? And, 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 <laughs> and he'd say, hey, Greg, you album out. Let me put it on for you. And he'd play it while I'm listening and shopping for music and everything. And But that was that guy. Uh, but when you're a true music lover, uh, you don't listen to music. I think... Uh, uh, the industry or the business of music has gotten into the habit of putting labels on on music. But my philosophy is a great song is a great song, and it, and it doesn't matter however you want to categorize it, uh, because a great song, a song that was great 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, is still a great song yeah, today. Right. And, and it doesn't matter when it was made. So anyway, I'm, I'm carrying on. No, so I'm sorry. Some, no, you're fine. Some songs are just timeless. You know, mm -hmm. and see, I, me personally, I think like a like Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. Their songs are timeless to me. I think when no our, our kids are our age, that's that's still gonna be you know a part of their lives. Uh, at least if, if if we raise our kids right, you know. Well, mine are being right. raised right. They know about that biggie. <laughs> they know what's up. <laughs> well, see, and I, I, me personally, and I, I think everybody in the room kind of. Uh, sh shares a sentiment like today's kind of hip hop music to me just doesn't do it for me. 
I mean, there there's still some decent stuff out here, but most of it, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's just the, you know, I'm getting older and I'm so yeah, used to Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. You're getting older. But you know what? Look <laughs> at me. My job is my job is to pick those songs for mm-hmm. for people to, to like and listen to. Here's the one thing I know about music. Uh, music is like kinetic en- energy. It's perpetually moving. Always and changing. Consistent, always changing and, and cyclical. And, and uh, that's what I love about Drake because this guy continues to reinvent himself. And also what I know about music is it's sort of like the chef that comes up with a great meal. Everybody runs toward that recipe. This is what's hot. This is what we got served. And it's the same way with music. Uh, and, and Drake is a trendsetter. And uh, he, he always manages to reinvent himself ever since he first came on the scene in the early 2000s and as a young guy, and he just keeps continuing to do it. And I think that's why he's so huge now, because every time he comes out with something, it's fresh, it's new, and people go crazy about it. Maybe that's why they love the guy, including myself. Yeah, I mean, he he's uber talented, like, you know, I mean, you can't take any of that away from him, you know? Like, I, I don't know anybody present day that that does what he that can do what he does you know what i'm saying from the singing from the rapping i mean but there's still some basic components to a great song that still hold true whether it was done in the 30s 40s 50s etc uh it's got to have a great beat it's got to have a great hook it has to tell a great story it has to invoke emotion whether it makes you happy sad great songs no matter what they are, all do that in some sort of way. And and today's music, the hook is not as uh, pronounced as it was perhaps in the 70s, you know, uh, and to, to illustrate a point, not necessarily saying it's a great song, but it's like the Partridge family, you know, I think I love you. I mean, it was a hook. It was yeah. hook, 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 hook. And it was songs you could sing along to. And uh, that is still happening in the music, but it doesn't necessarily come to us now in the form of a chorus or a hook or a refrain, but it's coming to us now in the form of a beat or a beat line or, 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 or a movement of some, of some kind. So uh, there I go getting philosophical again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think one song that I can say today that's kind of like what you just spoke on it, you know, the beat and the hook is that Mast Wolf, uh, Astronauts in the Ocean. That, oh, yeah, it's that, a great that, example. I mean, that hook, it, I mean, it's it's nuts. If you don't bounce your head to that, you're not living. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and, and or like uh, Little Nas X, you know, right. uh, I, you know, that. That's a song like the the current song, Industry Baby. But the one line you remember in the song, and this one is for the champions. You know, people hear that. And, you know, and that's all part of making music that that people can gravitate to. And also uh, sing-along songs in a lot of ways are still tried and true. Uh, And they they, they always will be, I guess. Uh, uh, Holly, you got a question? Yeah, so just want, just would love to hear your perspective on how streaming's impacted radio. Is there been a change for you on your end, or is it, you know, still the status quo? How's that work from your guys' world? 
You know, it's interesting, and a lot of people may not realize this, but the major car companies and part of that, that technology that they have in your vehicle, uh, they're researching. And, and, and part of that research is uh, how are people engaging uh, with their cars and with music, not necessarily radio, but music. And the fact of the matter is, is that 92% of the audience, 92% of all listening in the car is still done by radio. Radio is the one mass medium, and it's the number one mass medium, I might add. Uh, as newspapers were slowly watching the death of newspapers before our very eyes, uh, as uh, television stations, uh, TV, uh, before our very eyes, is becoming more niche uh, to, in, in an effort to, to gain an audience, to gain, quote-unquote, a lane. Um, and uh, people still, in America, we have gotten accustomed to getting our music for free. Yes, there are streaming services, and they have their value. And and uh, as streaming services continue to serve the audience, whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, or whatever, uh, they have a role. Look, I subscribe to both, you know? And I, I think all of us, in some sort of way, uh, subscribe to them if we're music lovers. Absolutely. Uh, on how we, how we engage with music. But radio is still the number one and I believe it always will be the number one mass communications tool in the nation, in the world, quite frankly. Why is that? Because radio is the only thing out of all the mass communication platforms that's mobile, that you can take with you. And so as uh, we evolve uh, and cars get, quote unquote, smarter, uh, and they come, like I say, with the uh, the Apple CarPlay and, and, and other Bluetooth technology, uh, but people still listen uh, to the radio. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, radio, in an effort to uh, be, because uh, radio makes its uh, money by having a mass audience. That mass audience is what allows them to get advertisers who buy advertising. Uh, for any given radio station because of its large audience. And we're fortunate to be uh, one of the top three listening to stations in the market. Um, you know, uh, that radio has its place. Now, with all of that, uh, let's just take Wichita, for example. Wichita has 29 radio frequencies that broadcast in the market. So Wichita is a classic example of a market that is over radio. So what does that mean? That means there are more radio stations available for people to listen to than there are people to actually listen to them. Wow. So okay. uh, in this market, the top five stations actually make a profit. The rest are running at cost or at a loss. And, uh, I mean, it's business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you you got you to pay for... Uh, I was in the fortunate position of having managed a radio, radio station from soup to nuts, and that means paying the, the, the monthly electric bill, which back in the mid-'90s was $15,000 a month. I'm sure it's more now. But just to, tur just to turn the lights on, wow, just, to put, uh, just, to, just to have the power uh, in the transmitter to broadcast. Uh, so... I think radio will survive for a long time. But having said that, we're finding ways to reinvent ourselves. And you guys are a great example of that. 
uh, more individualism. Uh, we can thank cable for that or cable. What's that? Uh, <laughs> streaming now YouTube in a lot of ways, uh, you know, because if you want it now, you can get on Google and see it. If you hear a story, you can Google it and boom, there's a video. Boom. There's a story. Boom. There's a source. It's instantaneous. Um, and so as the world becomes more transparent and more universal, more collectively, all of the world at this very moment is more connected than at any other time in world mm-hmm. history. So now we get into politics, and you don't want me talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say for a second how much I'm a total analytics data nerd, and I appreciate you dropping those data points. (laughs) The 92% blows my mind. But, you know, as as you're speaking, I'm I'm just reflecting on, you know, I have kids. They're 10 and 13 years old. Um, I have to tell you, they want to listen to the radio. We have a morning show we listen to on the way to school. That's what they want to do. They know that on the hour, I'm going to listen to the news, and I'm getting it from the radio. I'm not doing a podcast, even though I enjoy podcasts, and I have my time for that. <laughs> this podcast. I do. I, I listen to it drop every Friday. <laughs> shout out. But uh, I, I definitely um, identify with that, and it makes sense. I didn't realize that radio still was, you know, it, you know, leading the way with that 92%. That's fantastic to hear because – um, I would hate for it to ever go away. That's that's fantastic. Well, uh, well, look, streaming, uh, and, and look, there's a ton of streaming platforms. Take yours, for example. Look, you, you've got costs. You went out, you bought the equipment, the microphones. None of that was free. None of that was inexpensive, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And uh, not to mention your time. But you're not making a dime. You're doing it because you have a passion for what it is that you're doing. And uh, so by virtue of the fact that there are people listening to this podcast right now, uh, you have gravitated an audience, no matter how large or small, that is finding what you're talking about and finding that it's interesting and 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 they uh, they're hearing stuff, they're learning stuff, and as long as you continue to crank out unique content that is not available anywhere else, you're going to find people that want to hear it. Whether it's a large and or small audience, you're going to find people that want to hear it. Now, having said that, uh, our company is a great example of that. Odyssey has really invested a lot of tools and resources into being a uh, audio company. And, and so being an audio company uh, means anything that sounds, whether it's music, content, sports, uh, uh, wine, food, uh, women's issues, politics, whatever, sound. Uh, and so dealing with audio, you're giving people choices. Now, is it making money now? No. Uh, in fact, only 1% out there really making a living at it. And even your, uh, uh, what we call influencers now, uh, everybody's trying to podcast or TikTok or find a, mm-hmm. uh, something that's hot. But it's also a short lifespan, too. It's about, uh, it's about two years and boom. If you last longer than two years, you're doing something amazing. Uh, and in a lot of ways, when you think and you look back on music, you think about who's hot in music or the cycles in music it's about a two-year span and so when you get guys that have been around for 20 30 years and they're still relevant they become legends and uh like yourself they do (laughs) oh thank you thank you but 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 they do something that's unique that cannot be recreated 
or reproduced by anybody anywhere else because only that person can do it the way that they do it. Hence, you guys. You guys are the only ones that do this the way that you do it. And, and there's no there's no rule. Uh, there's nothing wrong. It's the way that you do it. And there's an audience that's finding that and they're engaging with it. And that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. I appreciate, awesome. that. I appreciate that. I have a question real quick. Looking back at your career, has there ever been just an era that you just enjoyed playing that music? Like the music that was coming out at that time, just it was hot, you liked it, you liked putting it on the air. Just looking back over the course of time, was there ever just, you just enjoyed that that music at that time? Like one more than the other, right. you know. Hands down, 1982 to 1992, the 80s, um, it was phenomenal. And it's no surprise to me that uh, radio stations like our sister station, KUYN, that plays the 80s. And you look at uh, radio stations across the country, uh, they like to call it classic hits now, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. But the 80s was a phenomenal period of music. And uh, uh, I could get a bit wordy and go on and on about, about cycles of music. When you stop and think about before what happened to music in the 80s, um, okay, so you had the 50s and Elvis and then uh, rock and roll and whatever. And basically, uh, it was white guys singing soul music uh, because they got a lot of those songs from uh, African-American artists that were uh, making those songs, uh, hence blues, jazz, whatever, which uh, took a backseat as white artists gravitated to it and made it commercial. And then uh, the next big thing was uh, from 1964 uh, to about 19. 19- 72, uh, the Beatles explosion and the trend that they brought to music. Uh, the 70s were are a bit of a lull. Uh, now when you look back on, on artists like the Eagles, Bachman Turner Overdrive, and some of those artists uh, from uh, the, the early to mid-70s, those guys are really doing country music. That would be on the country on country radio nowadays. If the Eagles came out today, they would be country radio artists. Uh, and then uh, we kind of hit a bit of a lull. Uh, uh, you could look from 1978 to really 1982, 1983. Music hit kind of a dead span because there was disco, and then and so it wasn't music anymore. It was produced. And what a huge violation to the instrumentation <laughs> and the singing uh, of music, right? Yeah. And, and, and and so then disco, and then in the uh, early 80s, if you remember, uh, 78, 79, 80, we, it, country songs, Kenny Rogers had the number one song in America for 18 weeks. It's it, 79, 80, 81, you know? And and so uh, Dolly Parton was having number one songs. And so music kind of hit a, a bit of a low. And then something magical happened. Uh, Toto came out with the song Africa in 1982. And it was so different, so unique. It, it, and it had such a strong chorus and instrumentation. People were blown away. And music, music hit a a string, a period, and I was so proud to have been a music director at the number one station in the market during that time because I was the guy that was listening to the songs and going to my program director and saying, we got to play this song. This is a hit song. This is a great song. And now I hear these songs now that are considered classics. And I go, wow, 
I played that one. That was a brand new record. I I had record companies calling me. So what do you think? I got gold That's records crazy. on my wall. <laughs> I got gold records on my wall in my basement. Some of which are in the attic with dust on them from <laughs> that point in time in, in the history of music. So uh, the 80s, and then we hit a, a little bit of a lull between 92 and 95. <clears throat> And if you remember, uh, well, let's just say 90 to 95, you had Alanis Morissette, uh, you had Toad the Wet Sprocket, you mm-hmm. had R.E.M. It, it was kind of a stringy uh, pop, a string pop kind of sound that that was a real different sound of some of the, the bounce in the You had your grunge start to come in too, kind of like your Green Days coming yeah, in, Nirvana. Yeah, Pearl, yeah, Pearl Jam, all those guys. And then, all of a sudden, gangster rap hit. And when gangster rap hit in the mid-90s, people were saying, oh, this is garbage, they're cussing, they're filthy, they're promoting drugs and alcohol. But the reality was these were artists that were singing about, or, or rapping, if you will, about real-life situations. Coolio's Gangster's rap- Paradise changed my life. <laughs> right. I mean, I remember... Uh, artists uh, back then and I would ask the record uh, uh, label representative and I would say okay so how much of this is is the record or how much of this is real life and, and I can't tell you how many times I was told these guys are real gangsters I mean they got, they got bullet scars they, I mean these guys are this is no joke they, they, they can walk in loaded it's like holy shit and uh, you know so you, you kind of get uh, so once People saw that it was real, and uh, Snoop Dogg and Dre and Pac, which a lot of people, commercially, it was rejected. Top 40 Radio didn't play those songs back then. And because people still found the music, and once radio stations started playing it, hence the evolution of hip-hop, really was when uh, Power 93.9 took out KKRD in the early 2000s because we were playing hip-hop. And and I remember telling my old employers, I was saying, guys, this is what... Because I was in the middle schools. I was in the high schools. I was DJing the weddings. I was saying, guys, this is what people want to hear. Oh, no, we can't play that on the radio. Oh, no, that's dog. That's gangster. No, that's violence. (laughs) And it's like, guys... And once that became commercial... Hip-hop hit a string of explosion between 2000, 2001 to 2007, kind of a little bit of a drop-off between 07 and 2012, and then it exploded again. And it's still hot now. Yeah, it, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and what here's the number one problem that a lot of, quote-unquote, traditional top 40 radio stations don't get. They don't understand that hip-hop is today's current music it's today's current music it's what teenagers want to hear it's what young adults want to hear it's what women want to hear it it is for all intent and purposes for lack of a better description god forbid today's pop music but when you tune into traditional top 40 radio stations oh no we can't play that that's too black that's oh no we can't do that well you know what Today's music consumer doesn't see black. They don't see white. They only know what they think what they and hear. believe and hear is a good song. Yeah. And that's all they care about. If, if, Every, they, don't, they, don't, they don't give a shit about anything else. No. 
all they they all they know is that you know what this is a good song. Yeah. When you turn up hypnotized by Biggie and your bass speakers are bouncing and, and rattling, you probably yeah. blew out a couple of them. This is real shit, yeah. dude. I was working out earlier today. I was listening to Boys in the Hood while I was on while I was on the recumbent okay. cycle. And man, I was getting my cardio level up. I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> nice. I I think that's a big part. You know, like if a song can make you move, whether that's working out or just cleaning house or mm-hmm. you know and I, I think that's that's what kind of took over you know like you said like mid 90s hip-hop was kind of looked as a niche you know market or whatnot but i think from i don't know 2000s like you said seven on it kind of took over you know it, it might have been pop and um country were you know bigger radio markets but i i think hip-hop has took over all that well, and 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 then I think Biggie and Tupac, in a lot of ways, uh, when uh, sadly, tragically, uh, their lives ended in the way that they ended, that was the real reality of what was really. I mean, this yeah. that was like this. I mean, okay, people are dying now, yeah. and, and 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 at that point, uh, uh, hip hop, hip hop artists. Uh, had to mature a little bit, right? It's just like uh, the the rock artists, you know, Jim Morrison and the Doors, Jimi Hendrix, a lot of those cats, Janis Joplin, legendary artists uh, that were dying from drug overdose. Uh, they had to mature a little bit and, and, and come into grips with uh, their talent and the gift that was given to them by God. And, and uh, I think uh, so... Uh, the music has uh, matured a little bit, uh, but we still see even today's hip hop artists uh, having some struggles and challenges legally, oh, domestically, you know, with drugs and alcohol. That, that's because they're, they're they're living this stuff. This is real life shit going on out there. Absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, Tupac and Biggie, have you ever had an interaction with either one of those? No, never, never. Um, I will say. I met Tupac. Tupac came to Wichita. A lot of really? people don't realize this. Digital, yes, with D- Digital Underground? That's or? right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Digital Underground played at Century 2. It was a sold-out show. I emceed the show. Uh, they were... God, what a show, too, by the way. Oh, Alexander I... O'Neill was on that bill. Uh, Digital Underground. Uh, God, Dean Howard. Okay. I, what? I will be your freak until the day, until yeah. the dawn. Yeah. Oh, man. But, Getting down at the skating rink. Exactly. But when he came to Wichita, nobody knew him as Tupac. He no. was a member of Digital Underground. He was a background dancer, pretty much. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. My brother, my brother uh, Tony, told me him and uh, my other brother Mike went to an NWA concert in Wichita. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yes, at Century 2. See, yeah, and in Century fact, 2 uh, were playing. Century 2 threw down back in the day, man. <laughs> yeah, well, when you stop and think about it, police departments all across the country were, were pissed off. Yeah. And, yeah. and such, yeah, was, was the, such was the case in Wichita, you know, because when they came out with fuck the police, yeah. I mean, I mean, people were like, what? Oh, my God, no, yeah. shocking, you know? And, um, but that was real life shit going on. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I remember when MC Hammer came to Wichita before he was a superstar, 
and he did a show, and after the show, he was down on Ninth Street in the track selling bags of weed. (laughs) 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 Epic. That's why he went broke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, later, later, I guess. Uh, But, uh, you know, people don't, these are things that I guess I've seen in my career that uh, people don't realize, but it, it happens. That's funny. God, I'd love to just sit with you on what a life. <laughs> just we'll, go through we're, stories. We're gonna have to do a live in studio, uh, <laughs> uh, not over the phone, and just so we can uh, smoke cigars and uh, drink whiskey one time because we're already kind of taking you over your limit here. But I guess uh, no, you're fine. I'm I'm having a good time. If you guys want to keep talking, hell, I'll talk all night. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I get paid for talking. I'm talking for free now. <laughs> I, I was going to say, hopefully, hopefully you're not it. charging us because uh, I'm broker than no. A, no, you know what? No. Not at all. Not we, at all. We appreciate it. Well, Ricky has a new segment that uh, he's been working on, and uh, I think we're going to maybe kind of transition to that, right? Yeah, I, I took five minutes out of my day and made a little sounder for it, too. <laughs> it's, 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 not, uh, it's not radio quality. So why not have... Our local goat hear the sounder for the first time and participate in the segment, right? So absolutely, yeah, he gets to hear it. Okay, so <laughs> so take it easy on me here, Greg. But I'm going to play the sounder for you. Here we go. The Daryl and Boober Show presents greatest of all time. We ask you a subject, and you give us your greatest of all time. We're trying to learn more about you in your eyes. What is the best? Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. Wow. Wow, not not bad. Not bad. Yeah. So. You, got, you got to start somewhere, right? Absolutely, <laughs> man. I just tried to chop up a few things, and I had to put Muhammad at the end, you know, and his legendary interviews, so... No doubt. Awesome. And by the way, if you get a chance to see the documentary on PBS about Muhammad Ali, it's a gotta, it's a gotta see. Absolutely, I'll tune into that. Nice. Okay, well, th- this is a new segment we kind of came up with this week, and the premise is is th- we're gonna call it a your goat. So, so you're our guest, and so the greatest of all time, and we're just gonna throw random things out at you, and I, okay. we want to know your greatest of all time. Of of you know whatever the the subject. and if you want to keep it simple, oh. just a one word answer. You can if you want to elaborate. You can you you know we'll we'll just keep it up with you know to you whatever you want to do. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, no pressure. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to expect. Okay. You, Let's you, do this. You got this. <clears throat> okay. Well, the first one is, what is your goat rapper? Wow. <laughs> Stunned him first one. Wow. I know this is so uh, you know, I, I have more than one. Let me just say sure, that. Sure. Yeah, 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 you can uh, break it down. I'm interested in what but, you say. Uh, I would say J. Cole. Oh, uh, that's surprising and, to me. And, and the reason why I would say J. Cole, uh, because a lot of people don't realize that Power 93.5 was one of the first radio stations to. Uh, bring him to concert anywhere, quite frankly. Uh, J. Cole remembers that, and uh, I had an opportunity to meet and speak with him intimately, I might add, in, in New York City. 
uh, I was invited to uh, an album listening party. You know, sometimes artists do things that completely blow you away. And so uh, as people are moving around the room and going and being introduced, um, uh, I got introduced to J. Cole and uh, they say, hey, this is Greg Williams. He's from KDGSFM in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, they have a hip-hop station out there. And he looked me in, me in my eye. I knew him, but I had no anticipation that he would remember me. But he looked me in the eye and said, oh, my God, hit me. And I was blown away. Wow. Uh, and, and I said, dude. And, and at that moment, we just kind of broke down, had this real intimate conversation. He goes, you know, man, you know why I remember you? And I said, why? He goes, because when I started out in my career, Wichita was one of the first places I ever did a concert. And it was at Hartman Arena. Uh, it wasn't a sold out. It wasn't a sold out night that night. And... Um, he was, in fact, he was one of the opening artists. He was a baby artist. If, if you will, nobody knew the guy, nobody heard of the guy. And uh, five years later, he was the biggest thing in hip hop. Uh, and he had this very personal conversation with me, and I was just shocked, amazed, and also proud that he remembered me. But most of all, he remembered our city and and what it meant to him. Yeah, that's uh, that's special, uh, man. J-, J. Cole is a, I think he's he's underrated in a lot of aspects, but I think he's one of the most talented rappers out today. Easy, no question, no question. And then uh, a lot of people may or may not remember he came back to Wichita years later and did a show at the Cotillion Ballroom. I want to say twenty seventeen, maybe sixteen. I don't. Now the years start to run together. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was able to get a hold of J. Cole and, it, and its management, and I said, uh, "Dude, uh, I said I want to do something for the Boys and Girls Clubs uh, here in Wichita. I want to do an intimate uh, dinner. Uh, I want to bring these kids in, uh, feed them a meal, and then I'd love it if you came by and said hi, and took some pictures." He said, "You got it," and without any question. And a lot of people don't realize that before he did his show in Wichita back then at the Cotillion, which sold out, by the way, I think that show sold out in two days, if not one. Um, wow. He, uh, earlier that day, uh, there was a Mexican restaurant on West Kellogg. Uh, it's no longer there. It's a different Mexican restaurant there now. But uh, we brought about 30 kids in from the Boys and Girls Club. They brought them over in buses. Uh, we fed the kids. J. Cole showed up. Uh, he hung out. He took pictures. Uh, he does something that no artist likes to do. He signed autographs. Uh, he even <laughs> ate. He even ate food. Oh, wow. And it, it, he's just one of the most realist, down-to-earth, 100% genuine guys in the business. In the business. And that says a lot. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and, and, and I love him for it. And he's he's one of my favorite guys. So uh, you need to hook us up with an interview, then I think, Greg. I mean, uh... <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, no, try to cash in on that. Nah, uh, I don't nah. know if it was, I don't know if he's a superstar. No, I'm just kidding. I, I... Well, you said he was the most genuine and all that stuff. <laughs> I'm just no, he, I'm just no, he really was. And then that particular and and I have pictures, by the way. That that particular uh, day, 
he was previewing his new album. He brought all of us radio people in the room, and he sat on stage. It was just a chair. Uh, I guess to, to illustrate the point, uh, a CD player and speakers, and he played his album, and he uh, played each track. He explained the story behind each track. It was just really, really a special day. And uh, it happened in, in New York City, and I was just honored, A, to be uh, invited to be a part of it, uh, but even more so honored uh, that the guy remembered me. He remembered our city, most importantly. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, that cool. And, and, and that he, he, the guy gave me some serious face time, you know. And, and this was a night where some of the bigger names in the in the industry were in the room, too, and they're standing waiting to talk to J. Cole. And J. Cole's sitting <laughs> there talking to me, and everybody's like, who's he talking to? <laughs> that's funny. So it was kind of cool. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Thank you uh, for that answer. Uh, let's follow it up with uh, the next one, right? Yeah. Um, this might sound crazy. This, you know, don't think you're going to be plugging anybody local here, but if you're just hungry and you want a mean burger, where are you going? I mean, who's throwing down the meanest burger around here? Ooh. First of all, I'm not a big burger. Okay. So the dam. Uh, but. You know, I uh, my my wife has changed my eating lifestyle tremendously. I, I, I'm kind of a keto guy. Oh, I guess I can do burgers. Come on, Greg. I, I'm sorry. Come I can on, do burgers. No problem. Shout out to the I can do the mustard, no onion. They make your breast pink, but yeah, I mean, okay. Shout so, out to the wifey's uh, always keeping us on track. Now, come on, guys. Come on, it's hey, what we do. I, I, you know, I'm married to an amazing woman, and uh, she started doing keto. Uh, she lost uh, 70 pounds, and oh, a year later, awesome. I'm a year later. I got to admit, I was a little worried. I was like, "Hey, what the hell is going on?" <laughs> and uh, so I told her, "I said, you know what? I'm just going to eat whatever you make." And uh, a year and a half later, I've, I've lost over 100 pounds, and not only lost it, but have been able to keep it off. Now, to get back to your question about the best burger in Wichita, ooh. Mm. Well, it is the greatest of all time, so it could be pre-keto days. Yeah, you, I mean, you can even go back, <laughs> yeah. you know. Wow. I, I know there's a lot. I'm a mm. big burger guy myself, though, you know, like, <clears throat> anywhere I go, that's why I'm eating. That's probably why I'm a, I, I'm identical twin to Fat Bastard from Austin <laughs> Powers, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was funny. Um, I guess the uh, Bionic Burger. I like okay. your style. Okay. okay, we can get down with that. I can get down okay. with them. Got it, fire. You got so cheese fries, bomb. You got to do cheese fries when you go to Bionic Burger. I know. I don't even know if they're still in business. Are they still in business? They got about four or five locations. Yes, sir. There's one right down the road from my house, though. Yeah, Bionic Burger's pretty pretty damn good. Yep, they got those grilled and raw onions on their burgers, but stay away from those right now. (laughs) Got some salmonella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no onions. (laughs) Okay, well, cool. All right, moving right along here. All right, for that next greatest of all time. So in the room here, we won't talk about the KU fan, but Ricky and I are lifelong Wichita State folks, and we understand oh, yeah. you are as well. So we would like right, to know cool. what is the GOAT WSU team? What year are we looking at you feel like was like one of our best? 
I would say the undefeated team that lost to Memphis in the first round of the NCAA in, what, 2013, 2014, something like that. Fred Van Fleet, Ron 13, Baker. Yeah. Right, 13. I, I, got a, I got a story about that, too, Greg. Um, well, that wasn't the Final Four the year, though, was it? Mm-mm. That was mm-hmm. the year before. Right. Well, while we're on that, um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, there was a song called Play Angry that was – played on power yes uh i i was a part of that of that group wow okay <laughs> yeah so i just wanted to now was that was that the one uh god who? the air capital oh all-stars was the group and it was go hard play angry and there was yes, there was a yes. bunch of it was hot uh, like for it was it was when they were in the final four and for two straight weeks it played non-stop so, yeah, oh yeah. I just had that to shout was, that out. And I, and I remember Greg Marshall uh, 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 told a story uh, to me. First of all, he's like, how did you guys do that? And I said, what are you talking about? We were coming back from, uh, you know, the the first round of victory when they, when they won and they were going on to the uh, round of 32 and then uh, the Sweet 16. Uh, so the song was on the radio, and, it, and I had the audio clips of the, uh, you know, uh, Rob Baker first ever let's go! Yeah. <laughs> and there's a song underneath, and, and uh, Greg Moss was like, well, how'd you do that? I said, well, Coach, I'll tell you what. I said, we had two different versions. We had one for if you were lost and one for if you won. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I said, the was over the one that when you won was the one we played we we beat the shit out of it and had fun with it and then uh then they went on to uh the final four and that was just a that was a beautiful season uh and it also for me as a lifelong shocker fan because a lot of people don't realize i was a ball boy for wichita state athletics when i was a kid i, oh, I grew wow. up in the 24 awesome. I, was, <clears throat> I was a tw- i grew up in the 2400 block in north chautauqua uh and and in fact the reason why I'm a lifelong Shocker fan is a lot more of an intimate and personal uh, story for me. Uh, there was a player, uh, and he wore number 32 by the name of Robert Wilson. Uh, you can Google him. Uh, he played for Wichita State and actually played professionally for Chicago Bulls in the early 70s. Uh, but when I was a kid, uh, there was a turning point, as it is in every kid's life, where you make the right turn, you're going down the bad road, you make the left turn, you're, you're making good decisions, and hopefully, uh, there was somebody uh, along the way that mentored each and every one of us to, uh, that led us to the journey that we're at in our lives today. Uh, but I used to hang out with a bunch of bad kids, and and uh, growing you up there, Fairmount, yeah, yeah, growing <laughs> up there, growing up there, Fairmount Towers, which is no longer there, I might add. Um, and we were the kind of kids we break fire alarms and run off. And uh, this particular day, they did; they pulled a fire alarm. <laughs> And uh, ran off. At, uh, I've been a lot of things in life, but being fast is not one of them. And uh, the Wichita State Police grabbed me, had me by the scruff of my neck, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was it was Bob Wilson who came down. Uh, he came off the elevator, and at the time, he was a star player for Wichita State. He said, hey, what are you guys doing with my little brother? And of course, the oh. police officer's like, "Oh, they're like, oh, Bob, this is your brother. We we didn't know we're sorry." <laughs> and I, Bob Wilson took me up to his dorm room, and he cooked a frozen pizza, and he sat there and he had a real, 
and it makes me emotional, quite frankly, to talk about it. We had a, a, a real serious conversation with me. He's like, man, what are you doing? He said, dude, you got to hit the books. You got to go to school. You got to make your mom proud. You got a single mom. He goes, man, don't, don't be out here in these streets doing bad things. And that one moment changed my life forever. Nice. Because, because one person took the time to care enough about me. And it, and I followed Bob Wilson his entire career. He's still with us, thank God. He's an old man now. And I don't even know if Bob Wilson realized how much he changed and influenced my life. Uh, but I, I went on to, I was a ball boy for Wichita State football teams. Uh, uh, I was there for every practice and basketball teams and the whole nine yards. And uh, So my passion and love for Wichita State goes far beyond uh, just the team and winning. Uh, and then to, to be a student at Wichita State, to be a graduate from Wichita State, I'm very, very proud of. And uh, it's just a great university, and uh, their, their basketball program has a huge tradition of winning, and I'm just glad that the rest of the nation realize just how special and unique Wichita State basketball is. And that's it. Absolutely. My, my dad's been season ticket holder since he's 70, so I've been going ever since I was in my mom's tummy, so. Uh, uh, section 110, row four, seats one and two. You'll see me there every year. Not last year. One, one, oh, <laughs> si 106, row 12, seat one through four for me, Greg. So, come on now. Yeah, come well, on now. <laughs> I, I, I've seen you in there a couple times. Next time I see you, I'll, uh, I'll see what kind of whiskey they have for you. Oh, boy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving right along. Let's – the next one I want to know about, what is your GOAT – vacation spot Dude, that's a tough one <laughs> uh, the hard rock all inclusive in Cancun is off the Hindu um, uh, Hawaii uh, is Maui is incredible uh, Toronto is amazing but did you wow. do the poutine in Toronto? You ain't living in Canada if you don't. <laughs> a little bit if of fries, I did, a little I can't, bit of gravy, a little can't bit of beef. I, can't, <laughs> I, I, I may have and not even realize it. Oh, uh, the, I just all I stuff. remember about that trip. All I remember about that trip was that nobody told me not to use my cell phone, and I got the cell phone bill after calling everybody Ooh. their job oh, while I was in Canada. Man. Yeah, those international rates kicked my ass. Um, Cruise ships. I like beaches and sun, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, Cancun, uh, Hard Rock, all inclusive. Sweet. And Puerto nice. Vallarta. Have you ever been Puerto to Jamaica? Uh, me and my wife recently went two years ago, and it was amazing. Yes, I, I went to Jamaica. Actually, I took a trip to Miami and uh, took a day cruise to Kingston. Uh, not as glamorous probably as where you were at in Jamaica, but still it was fun. <laughs> the, the, a lot of people told we were going to go see Bob Marley's house. And they said, sir, uh, probably wouldn't be doing that. It's it's, a, it's a pretty rough down there. <laughs> so we, we well, just stayed on the resort. main strip. Yeah, once you get off the main strip, it is dangerous. That's oh, for sure. definitely, definitely. But it's well, well, what I was amazed with when at our resort, it was there was people from everywhere. I mean, I'm talking the UK, Ireland, 
Jamaica. Oh, yeah. You, you know, it's just Canada. There, I mean, and everyone was so nice, and everything was just real cool and chill. So I, I loved it, and hopefully we can get back after this COVID bullshit. Yeah, no doubt. I know uh, my wife and I, for our uh, uh, 10th uh, anniversary, we were going to go to uh, Europe in 2020. Well, obviously, that didn't happen, so... Uh, we put that trip on shelf till hopefully 2023. I'm not sure this coming 2022 will still be all clear, but yeah. hopefully by 2023. Sweet. I think I think we got one more round of uh, the goat for you here. Go ahead, Scott. If Joyland opened up tomorrow, what's the first ride you're riding? Uh, the roller coaster. Yes, sir. Classic, right? Just a, just a classic wooden roller coaster. Well, well, don't I'm, I don't want to throw you in the bus here, Greg? But we had a previous episode. The whole thing was on Joyland. We brought up oh, the wow. wack, yeah. We we brought up the oh, wacky yeah. shack, and we brought up how that was kind of where you took a girl to, you know, do it a little fooling around. You're a, you're absolutely right. Okay, I'm just checking, <laughs> just checking. <laughs> I was in the, I was in the uh, right, in the cart right behind you, and once you got inside, <laughs> what? you got inside that wacky shack, and it was dark. Who gives a crap about getting scared? You were trying to get the groove on. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and then, if you remember, you got through half of it, and then you were out in the open. You had to calm down for a little bit, wait till you get back in. That sort of you know. Uh, that's this funny. is true. Yeah. This is very, very true. You had to sit in that uh, seat for a little bit, wait for things to uh, relax. Yeah, come down a tad. That's, funny. <laughs> that's sweet. All right, Holly, you got one? Yeah, so we got Halloween coming up here pretty quick. And uh, just in the spirit of the season, you got any goat costumes or parties you went to? Anything like that? Um, I would say... College Hill, hands down, is is the goat for Halloween. If you're going to do Halloween in Wichita, you got to do College Hill. Uh, hopefully, uh, the neighbors in College Hill will get together and make it a special this year as they have in years past. I know uh, last year, obviously, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, so my costume, I don't know if you really want to hear this story or not. Uh, I've, actually talk, I've actually talked about it on the air. So... Uh, Halloween and at the rear, uh, we have a Halloween costume address day. And so, being a quote unquote manager, I wanted to be politically correct. So, I didn't want to do anything too, uh, too left or too right. So, I decided I would wear a bunny costume, right? <laughs> <laughs> there was just one problem with this bunny costume. It was a little too tight, particularly in my nether regions. And so <laughs> I, I had this bunny costume on and my nether I regions. Guess I, my, my balls were screaming. <laughs> my balls are hot. Oh, man. I mean, if you didn't see anything else, it's like a girl wearing pants that were too tight and you saw her camel toe, right? Ay, ay, ay. Oh, my God. And, and they, by the way, they still give me shit about that because, uh, yeah, 
They, there they no, were, and everybody did, would look. That's the intent of the costume. <laughs> no, they didn't see anything else. They just looked out, and, and I kept trying to pull down so to give myself some space so things wouldn't scream as loud as they were. But when I sat down, I... So, yeah. But by any chance, were you wearing that on the Wacky Shack? <laughs> uh, no, no, I was way too cool for that. Uh, At the age of 13, 14, man, I was, come on now. We didn't wear costumes back then. We had we, we had on our, uh, what, what uh, our jackets, what was that? The jackets we used to wear. Letter jackets, right? Letter, or letter jackets. Are you talking about Happy Days jackets or like leather, Leatherman jackets? Definitely had my East Side letter jacket. In fact, I wore my letter jacket year round. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I even wore it when it was 100 degrees outside. I represent. <laughs> I represent. Uh, well, well, while we're talking uh, Halloween parties, uh, every year my brother throws one called Meeting of the Lost Souls, huge Halloween party, and it's on October 30th this year. And it's at uh, North North Rock Bowling Alley, Crummy's, Crummies Sports Bar, and we rent half that out. And he goes all out, and I mean, just crazy, you know, effects and different characters and stuff. So you're more than welcome. Am I invited? Absolutely, Am I invited? you are. Bring Absolutely. the bunny costume. Bring bring your wife. <laughs> no, because no, no. No, if I bring the bunny costume, I'll be talking like this. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Bring your wife out, man. It would be a good time. We might actually do a live podcast from it, too, but it's always a blast. There's always a ton of people, and mm-hmm. it's Epic good, good costumes. Epic costumes come through. Pretty impressive stuff. Halloween party. Okay. Well, uh, I got I got one more for you of, of the sure. go, and I this one's going to be a little different. Since you're the goat to me of the radio voice, I want you to do a quick little radio voice um, talking about the Daryl and Boober show, which is our podcast. And your best radio voice. Oh, I I, I was getting ready to say, and I'm Casey Kasem. Uh, (laughs) Oh, you did say you started with impressions, so he's got it. Casey Kasem is kind of the old school voice of radio. Absolutely. For sure. God rest it. God rest his soul. Only the old school people know who Casey Kasem is. So say that again. I want to make sure I, I, I answer your question. I, I just, since you have one of the greatest radio voices, so the segment's about the GOAT, and to me, you're the GOAT. I, in your best radio voice, I just want you to to talk a little bit about our podcast, which is the Daryl and Boober Show. The Daryl and Boober Show. And uh, you're on Saturday nights. What time on Saturday nights? What, 930 or whatever? Uh, well, it's actually Friday is when we release it at 7 o'clock on all streaming oh, platforms. Okay, so uh, uh, here we go. Uh, the Daryl and Boober Show. In my Hitman, in my hitman voice, I got to get, get radioed up. <laughs> go, go put on uh, your, your bunny suit. Uh, there, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, okay. All right, everybody, here it is, the Daryl and Boober Show. Daryl and Boober Show. Daryl and Booby. No, Daryl and Boober Show. 7 o'clock Friday night right here on your favorite streaming platform podcast anywhere in America. You are locked in right now, everybody. <laughs> that was My dreams just came through, and I'm neither Daryl nor Boober, but my that dreams have come true. Epic. That was wow. amazing. And we got out there. Boober is the hottest 
Yeah, we, we took you long, long overboard, man, but it was uh, from start to beginning just a, a great ride, and we really appreciate you uh, being a part of this podcast. Guys, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you for asking me to be on the show, and uh, I'll be sure to listen and tell everybody about your podcast, so they'll check it out Friday night at 7 o'clock right here on anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Oh man, that's so cool, man. That's so cool. Thank you, thank you for the years of memories, man. That's many, awesome. Many, many. Thank you. Hey, thank you, thank you guys for your love and support all these years, and thank you so much. And please tell your pops I said hello. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. So thank you so much. Absolutely. See you, see you, Greg. Thanks. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wow. Incredible. That was awesome. <laughs> what what a stand up awesome humble gracious dude man. that was fun that was a fun, I mean, it was, that, that was fun talking with him. it was amazing just to hear his background you know from coming up from a kid you know because we all know about the hitman we all know about greg we all know you know just from listening to him on the radio but mm-hmm. you got he he dug deep you know like you, you a lot of people don't know his history like that exactly. so i think that was amazing that was cool yep i just appreciate People just coming on this pod, taking a little time out of their life to, you know, call in and let us interview them. So that was oh, really yeah. cool. And and I think you had a good time too, man. So I do too. Big shout out, Greg, man. I appreciate you. Shout out for sure. Some nice little throwbacks. Hashtag flashback Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag shout out Zipper. The nine at yeah. nine. Hashtag, yeah. That was uh good good times hearing about all those kind of behind the scenes story so thank you for sharing that with us absolutely and he does just have a unique voice right oh, just, just, just just incredible it's it's almost like listening to smooth jazz <laughs> you know like <laughs> you, you nice. can just sit back and you just I agree. got a smile on your face you know so i agree well cool well thanks rick for uh setting that up though. hey man yes shout uh, out ricky man i'm i'm two for two you know just i, I put the bat signal out that's kind of my new we need to get a shirt with the back signal just, with just our bat, logo on that signal there you go just but, sometimes you just have to ask and you yeah, know things, you shall receive man things, so. things happen so yeah that was that was, that was really cool yeah so i i guess we'll go ahead and close it but on the closing don't forget meeting of the lost souls october 30th when you're hearing this it will be that saturday so crummies after, the day after crummy central and ridge bring your costumes or your bunny suit bring good attitudes absolutely and we might be doing a live pod i don't yeah we're, we're still kind of tying that down but i think i think it's probably gonna happen absolutely so guys uh Hope you enjoyed this episode, but until next time, Boober out. Daryl out. Penny Pester out. Welcome to the Daryl and Boober Show. Let's pounce. Let's pounce.